2: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 787 uh, Let's talk about the Nerdist Community Corkboard Alright What do you got,
0: Kyle? Uh, I got one from a fellow named Jason Keech. Uh He made a tabletop RPG game I'm, that is built a- That is built around creepypastas I'm listening So it's like Slenderman and Smile Dog And it's crazy cheap And it showed me a whole website that is just like Places where you can either digitally or in book form Order different tabletop RPGs What is to play. the domain? Uh, well, they have it as tinyurl.com slash creepynerdist Is what he set up for his own promotion thing there. (laughs) Yet again, uh, more of those sweet, sweet tentacles getting up in there. uh, Yeah. But I looked at the game and uh, uh, I'm thinking about buying it. And then I remember that I don't have the time in my life to play RPGs, but I really, really want to just read through the manual. And that's a level of nerdiness that I just have to make peace with. Katie, what do you got? Uh, comedian Brandy Posey Yeah Who is so great She's she, the fucking best she? she opened for me On my album recording She's so fun She has a new album Coming out called Opinion Cave It is out February 17th And it's fucking phenomenal Yeah and the artwork Is real cool Look at that it's artwork a ska It's a band album skull. cover And uh, you might know her From the Lady to Lady podcast or the picture this show And so definitely check it out Because Brandy is so cool And she's so funny And it's gonna be great I call her my comedy big sister She is an amazing comedian And a quality human being Please support her In any way that you can
2: Brandy a sailor's Brandy
0: Oh that poor Brandy She's probably been hearing that Her entire <laughs> life <laughs> What if she hadn't And she's like I just made You're that connection you a fine
2: girl Such a fine girl What a god It's actually a terrible message oh, Of a song it's Horribly just sad like A bunch of drunk sailors Come through And they're like Hey, someone should marry you, but not me. I'm going back out to sea. I'm gay
0: as the ocean is deep. (laughs) A lot of those tentacles are Uh, reaching uh, up. I got a good thing going with the Kraken where there's no strings attached. Yeah, just those tentacles reach up and Fuck Look. my butt From time to time I love that for a minute You were like Do I say fuck my butt And then you did And that's why I like you sir You know why Kyle Why You should Yeah You should let an octopus Crawl in your butt You should You should let an
2: octopus Crawl on You should let an octopus Crawl in your butt While a giant isopod Tickles your balls With it's weirdly long God ones. Well, I guess
0: I'm just gonna have to sit here for a while after we
2: finish this. If you want nightmares for a long time, uh, Google Giant Isopod. No. Oh yeah, no.
0: just the ocean's full of monsters. I love it. Two and a
2: half feet long. It's basically just a two and a half foot long roach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, aliens.
0: Yeah. They're no. No. Later. Fucking aliens. Yeah,
2: aliens of the deep. They're fucking aliens of the deep. Uh, speaking of aliens, yeah. Craig Ferguson is on what? this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. One of my favorite people, I adore him. He's promoting "Join or Die," premiering uh, Thursday, February eighteenth at eleven p.m. on the History Channel. I've done the show; it's a blast. Craig is awesome, and uh, he has
0: maybe one of the best heads of hair in the business. He is a solid Scottish, oh my
2: god, salt it and is- peppery. Fucking thick head just of hair. L-
0: looking at him the whole time we're recording this going like God, I hope I have that hair. That, that hair age. is
2: saying I'm not going anywhere. No. Nuts. He is he is here to stay. That that is um he should be studied.
0: Yeah. Oh for
2: sure. So that we should we should just be we should take Craig's blood and inject it into our skulls that we should be so lucky.
0: Oh man. Just
2: that, that we should all have
0: that thickness. Tentacle fucked by octopus is high on Ferguson blood. You should.
2: Uh this episode <laughs> Here is The Nerdist Podcast, number 787, with Mr. Craig Ferguson.
0: Is that supposed to be a Scottish accent, or, like, no? Nah, no, it was just a Just a little one. fun? Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't... Like a little tongue roll there, just to show you mean business. Regal?
2: This isn't Scottish. <laughs> I just... Although, I guess if you're a Scot, that's kind of an offensive...
0: Uh, yeah. That's, that's oh, man. The, that's sort of the... Pain. Braveheart's just about to bust through the door it's, like the Kool-Aid man. That's kind of... The,
2: kind of the, that's the accent that uh, precedes the law of prima nocta.
0: Yeah. So, um... Nice history poll, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it, just got, it just got weird. Ugh,
2: make it stop. <laughs> it don't feel good. Katie, just uh, roll yeah. the thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com.
3: Man. What have you been Thank
2: doing? Thank you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, for nice nice noticing. you How
3: are you? I'm good. This is Tomas. I like you noticed, know, How's it going? And everybody else, I think, works for you. Uh, <laughs> they do. Yeah. So. Here they
2: are. Here they all are. Your friends. Craig uh, Ferguson back on the
3: podcast. Hooray. So good to Thanks, have- everyone else, for doing it, too.
2: You were the. Uh, you were like one of the first. I feel like almost 10 or 11 shows... I mean, like you were in the initial... It was early.
3: Because
2: when we did the live show at Largo with Adam Savage, you were in the audience. And I was a big fan of yours. And you came backstage and you were like, I want to do this! And I'm like, duh... There's a rigorous audition process. Can you send me tapes? And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and I sent
3: tapes. And you,
2: <laughs> you gave me notes. And, and that's what it was. You, know, you took them very well. I thought, yeah. no, but it was great. And then you did the next live show we did. And then you, we, we've been pals. That's
3: a, that's a whole industry over there now. Though. At Largo? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, they're doing podcasts over at Largo now?
3: Well, how did this get made? Does theirs they all all the time? So I know
2: Spontanea Nation. I yeah. think does and does Judd
3: theirs. Apatow. And yeah. Friends is over there, and uh, I, think, I think the next, next the, the next the next the next Coachella here. is over there. Oh, the, yeah. whole the next Coachella's Coachella is going to be a lot. It's yeah, going to be very intimate. And their Woodstock three is going to be there. <laughs> oh Finally,
2: we can justify their beer prices. <laughs>
3: yeah. Hey. <laughs>
2: Hey. Oh, come on, hey. eight bucks for a Guinness? Come on, oh, well, that's not. That you know, crazy, you try buying a Guinness in Ireland for
3: eight dollars. You're you're friend. in L.A. like yeah. that's not that crazy. Yeah, they don't a, make it here. You
0: know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has to travel.
2: You know, there is also the idea that maybe you don't need to drink to have a good time, Matt. Oh, oh. guys, I understand oh, Matt's what you're not saying. A this at is all, not actually. really a
3: podcast, Matt. <laughs> We're very
2: worried. For about the, for the, the two that. times I've ever seen Matt <laughs> drunk in our entire well, uh, friendship, thanks
3: so much, guys. This doesn't <laughs> Well, really but seem two times is you It's you know, two times too many. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, two times.
2: You're right. right. You know, the important thing is, is that when you're in recovery, everyone else also has
3: the same problem, right? right. It's, <laughs> ki- it's kind of like, it's that you, you want everyone to be as sick as you. I, I certainly <laughs> do. I notice it. But I've, I, think, I think now I've noticed that uh, people have different sicknesses to me. Yeah, I used to think that everyone was as sick as me in the same way, and they're not. Some people are just... And also, you have to remember as well, some people are just assholes. <laughs> I, I used to always look for, like, oh, he's with that, but he's like that, because of that. And I, think, I don't
2: care. You know, I, so this... Okay, this is a very serious question. Have you had friends that you kind of notice, like, it seems like they drink pretty regularly. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like I should say something, but it's not really my place to say something. I don't want to project my thing onto them, but I am worried about them. How do you approach that situation?
3: Uh, I, you know, leave pamphlets lying around. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Also, I've been, I've been sober so long that I—I I don't think I have any friends who drink too much. Um,
2: what are you? Twenty-five years? Twenty-four years? Twenty-four years? Next, years.
3: Week? Yeah. Wow. So congratulations! Um, thank you. It's well, amazing. if I make it, you know, I mean, it's—it's uh, it's been touch and go on occasion, and I. No, I—I I don't know. I guess if somebody wants to get. Help, then I'm happy to you know help with that. But no, it's not really you know, our place to. I tell you what makes me feel a little awkward is sometimes when people on Twitter and stuff say, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna stop drinking. Can I call you?" And I think it, is social media the place for that? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I
2: I just I sort of feel like because I get a lot of those emails from people and I try to answer all of them. Right. I try to answer all, I give it you know like give like as thorough advice as I can because I feel like. These people don't have something, they don't have a support structure in their life, or they wouldn't email a dude that they see on TV. So I feel like I'm going to give them as much, you know, here's what I did get a support structure, get a therapist, try AA. Don't, you know, don't hang out with people that drink a lot. You know, you need help, you can't do it alone. Take it a day at a time and, you know, be nice to yourself. Like, you know, that's kind of the basic. Advice
3: that I that I yeah I I guess I I don't know I mean I think that I I think I've said all of that though many times over you know I think sometimes people want a specific celebrity endorsed recovery Mm -hmm. and I don't know that that works I think that you have to that recovery is outside this wonderful business we call show absolutely but I think Um, anyone that gets someone pointed
2: in the right direction. You're right. You're good. right. Look, it's, it doesn't hurt to, to help somebody out. But, it's, you're but right. if you're going to pick a celebrity, Robert Downey Jr. seems like the choice. Guys. Sorry. <laughs> i sorry.
0: Mean, he's the uh, guy. Sorry. You know,
2: he really well, not uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess.
3: 1999,
2: <laughs> Robert Downey Different <laughs> story, different story. Who's this
0: sleeping in my He bed. might, he might <laughs> already be in
2: your house. You could ask in 1999, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know. Uh, I'm... I did your show, Join or Die, which I think premieres on the 18th, correct? Yeah, yeah. February yeah, the 18th, yeah, on the History yeah. Channel,
3: uh, which was super fun. Thank you. You were great at it. And I knew you would be because you can talk a lot and you're smart. And that's all you need to it's do. It's a panel show. It's yeah. a
2: traditional panel that's exactly
3: show. exactly what it is. It's nothing more than that. It just happens to be about a particular subject. That's it.
2: And it was it was a blast. And, and I actually felt you – know, I remember when we first had you on the podcast and you told this story about how – you ran into Chris Rock after you took over oh, yeah, the Late yeah, Late yeah. Show, and uh, he was like, "But you have to do the show. You you do the show every every night." And you go, "Yeah, I know." And he goes, "No, no, every damn night,
3: every night." Yeah, he didn't say damn, but you're getting the emphasis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it
2: and that. Didn't hadn't really sunk into yet of no. what that responsibility. Well, was it came been.
3: back to me though it, later on when I'd been doing the show for years. You know, in movies, uh, it was like the voice going every night, every night, and it was Chris Rock's voice, and and he was in the montage going every night, Craig, every night, you know uh, and then you know other people going, you're a failure, Craig, you're rubbish, you're a fat wee boy, you peed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> it eight dollars, never! This is like being heckled by Hogwarts. Like all <laughs> oh, that's little... what it's like in my head. You don't have that in your head? <laughs> I carry around uh, the yeah a bunch of demons in my head that are heckling me all the time. I think I do feel that to some degree. But I also think,
2: you know, it, if, you hadn't, if it hadn't started to probably fuck with you a little bit, you probably wouldn't have done things like rip up the cards or just start talking to the camera. Yes, like, that's true. I can't do monologues this way. I just need to talk like a fucking person. And yeah. I think that's... and it, and But doing that is
3: what is what m- endeared you. To Are people. you saying that adversity is the mother of invention? Because I think you may be right. <laughs> might I, be. I think it's true. I think that the format... First of all, you have to learn how to do the format. You have to... I thought I would be a wise-ass and go in and do it. I did this with the game show as well. I went into the, the game show. When I started doing this game show, I thought, I'm not going to do a traditional game show. And I watched the first... Uh, episodes back, and I was just like wearing jeans and a T-shirt and stuff, and I was like, well, who, who, who's in charge? You couldn't tell. There was a bunch of people moving around. They all looked the same, and I went, no, no, man. I need a very bright suit. I need a very <laughs> bright suit so that you know who's in charge. And then you kind of realize that you can't throw out things until you know why they're there. Sure. So like the convention of a game show or the convention of late night, I kept as much as I thought was of any use, and the much that they made me keep. You know, there was a lot of, I don't want to do a monologue. No, you've got to do a monologue. Why? I said, well, you've got to, you have to have that piece of you at that time every night. And I was like, why? And then they would give you reasons like, because we'll fire you if you don't. That, <laughs> that's what I it gets so down that. to, you know. Uh, that, but you're right. You have to understand structure before you can deconstruct.
2: Right, exactly. And you also had, boy, I, I, I sent one pleading email to Peter LaSalle Said, "Please come on the podcast. You must have the most amazing stories." Oh, and he was yeah, like, yeah. "No, I will never do. I can't. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not. How I how know I he's am. forgotten them all, so it doesn't. No, doesn't he he, he should have done it. He should have done it. <laughs> I mean, it, it. You. How long did you do the show? Was it uh, ten, years. ten years? Almost
3: to the day. Ten years. I get very angry when I see people say nine years. They're like, <laughs> no, it was ten. Did the I, time? I did my time. I did it all. No parole. Did Did it feel like ten years? Towards the end it did, yeah. Um I, I kind of I didn't I loved it. I think the heyday for me of the show was that was kind of the the first year of the big studio, the last year or two of the old studio, when we were in this tiny little we used to call it the basement, but it was a tiny little old photography studio and and we were, you know, doing the things with the glove puppets and just <laughs> and, you know, doing uh, like so lip-syncing songs badly to one camera, where everybody like we what we found in the CBS dress-up box. I mean, it, it was that was great. And then the first year of the of the new studio was fantastic because the robot, you know, became a thing. You know, it became Josh Robert Thompson's work and the Jeff Peterson robot thing was fantastic, and that was that was really enjoyable, but. And then it just kept coming every night, every night, <laughs> every night, 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 night. Um, and at a certain point, I felt, in all honesty, not only had I run my course in late night television, but the kind of late night television that I do doesn't really happen anymore. It's not, there's not an awful lot of that. It's a different kind of thing now. It's much more. I think positive and broadcasty and 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 bright, a little more daytime feel to it, and I think that's okay. But it's just not the same. I, I think I would get very unhappy unha- trying to make shows like that.
2: Well, your show really—I mean, it, there—you it, you, you really—it—it it was. It was very Whovian in nature in terms, and like the very I, I could feel the Doctor Who of your show of like you've created this cast of characters and places that you go, right? And you have Secretariat and you have Jeff Peterson and you have all these little spots that you go, and it so it really, it really became about the universe, and almost it kind of almost didn't even matter who was on the show
3: because they were. Because the universe was solid. Right. That, well, that's the idea that you make your own, you make it your own, you make your own world. What, what was interesting is when I started doing Join or Die, you know, the, I, I do a monologue at the start and people are like, oh, it's like the late night monologue. I said, well, it's, it's me talking to a camera. <laughs> How different can that be? You know, I'm introducing the show. I put it there. and He said, yeah, but it looks like the... Uh, late night, show, well, yeah, because it's me wearing a suit in a studio talking to a camera. I don't know how to make that different. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I could try it naked, but that's not going to help anybody. No, it upside, down. Down. upside down. Upside down. Yeah. Upside down. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Did you try it upside down?
2: I've not tried it upside down well, yet.
3: Well, you know, I, I don't know. All the, I've done work in Australia. You must have done work in Australia.
2: <laughs> All their monologues are upside uh, down. Uh, you're
3: right. And things go around the different way. They, uh, in particular, sexually, you have to go around a different <laughs> It's way. very tricky. Well, that's because if you're used to ladies from the northern hemisphere, right? You know the the whole stimulation business has to be done. There's a lot counter-clockwise. Of, there's a
2: lot of there's a whole center down mm-hmm. there for Yanks mm-hmm. with
3: sprained tongues. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's are bad. are just used to going it's like, one oh, way. oh I, yeah. I don't know, how you oh, That's I, how they got the act. Oh yeah, you oh, you, oh, yeah, you're right yeah, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I used to talk different, but now it's all like this, I to because I just swirled my tongue. Yeah,
3: because of all the carolingus. Like- <laughs> throat cancer is rampant, oh,
0: right. man. Like, come on, <laughs> man. Why,
1: Do
3: you know why why you when ma- you, you, you think about Michael Douglas said that, you know, he, he said, like, you know, I think I've got throat cancer. from? I always think, you know, there's a lesson in think. Before you speak to a reporter, <laughs> and maybe running by your wife, you know, it's like, uh, honey, would it be all right if I said, no, baby, don't say that. Don't say you get throat cancer from Colonel, even if it's true. Don't perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, don't bring it up, because because right now everybody's like, oh my goodness, he has throat cancer. That's awful. And now the story is about,
2: but
0: how did he get it? And you know, this
3: is all.
2: It's all, Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a lot of dudes and who are be lazy in relationships like right sorry babe you know michael yeah, douglas you know yeah. if i go down there you know you Gonna want to ke- pay for this chemo yeah baby i you know i want to be a singer <laughs> <laughs> don't take that dream away from me <laughs> but you can go down on me i, mean, oh, I haven't heard anything yeah, yeah, bad yeah, about yeah. that no cancer you know, there yeah michael douglas didn't get from sucking on d's right oh, honey yeah. come on <laughs> come on
3: right Who's this guy you're doing? I
2: don't know. I, don't I like, like him though.
3: I, I kinda like him. Like him. I, no, I don't like him actually. But I know that he's only fictional. He's
2: fictional, but he isn't he is in my he is clearly in my head somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in there he's, somewhere. He's A very, very bad, bad person. person. You know who I think that guy is? I think he might be the he's the guy I never he's the guy I'm always afraid of being. I think he's the guy I'm always afraid of
3: being. Or secretly want to be.
2: No, I don't
3: <laughs> This conversation just got interesting.
2: Back in your cage.
3: <laughs> no, I I tell you I I I do sometimes watch tasteless douchebags and and think god I wish I could get away with that in my head. You know, cuz I'd I'd really love to try that, but I just could. too much self-awareness. Yeah, I think so a little bit. I just the, the self-hatred is already, you know, pretty high anyway. I'm swimming in it. So Still you know, um, no, not always, just in it's, front of mirrors. It's there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
2: would explain all the cracked mirrors in your house. Yeah, you yeah mirrors,
3: mirrors and, and, and pant sizes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
3: You look great, by the way. Thanks, it's my beard. No,
2: I, mean, I don't, I mean... Uh...
3: Yeah, it's his beard. Yeah, it's a beard. Yeah. Beards are great. You beard. think so? I think beards help. Yeah, I think beards help a lot. I've noticed that I no, since growing the beard I want to have sex all the time with me. <laughs> but then there's the mirror problem yeah, and Yeah, that's why they're all cracked. I'm going to hate mm-hmm. fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> wow, who's that guy? I don't Is that know. the same guy? Oh my gosh, there's a Whoa. whole there's a that's
2: whole closet. Who, hurt, that, you. That
3: who hurt you? I What's can't going remember
2: on? I society did this? Society. No. He- heavily bullied as a kid. Heavily bullied. Yeah, well, we.
3: I kid. think. I think we all were. I think. You're a tall. A sudden... You're a
2: tall drink of water, though. Couldn't you just like? Not yeah. Tall drinks out? of water
3: are bullied by nasty little fat dudes with <laughs> pinky rings. You know that, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. You're a tall dude. You're a tall dude. The bullies are not the big tall guys. Even Jonah
2: are... got bullied too. Jonah's fat like six grown. five. Yeah. Jonah was also.
3: Yeah. Fat. Fat, kid. fat dudes with low centers of gravity, pinky rings. By the way, that's a thing. Thing. If uh, if a guy, this is a tip for heterosexual women. Okay. If you're on the dating scene and a guy has a pinky ring and wants you to go down on him all the time, yeah. he, he hates you. <laughs> is that really? Yeah, yeah. That's and not scientific... just you, all women. He, that's he, a scientific he, fact. Yeah, it's, uh, it's proven by uh, Well, look, science. no
2: rings. I don't like
3: them. All right. There you go. So I, got, I got rings, but none on my pinky.
2: I'm going to have to, you know, I'm getting married in August. And so I said... I was going to talk to you about that. Yes. I, I, I'm very excited for you. Well I'm I'm very excited to I know also you even something wedding.
3: is you're not a commitment phobe No. you're 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 um, but I think you're a cautious in relationships person. I think you're, you're very careful and My I'm dad very,
2: was married 5 times.
3: Right. So that's understandable. My mom was
2: married twice. Yeah. And so I think I just My dad was married a lot before I was born. He got married, you know, he said, "Well, in the 60s, you know, you just you didn't really date. It was like you met someone, you go, "Hey, let you want to get married." And so it just never worked out. Right. And uh, and so I think I just was like, uh, I think I should be sure about you know. Right, sure and you
3: very this. wisely chose someone much wealthier than you. <laughs> so so you don't have that worry going. Craig, I'm going to make
2: her sign a prenup for my adorable TV money. Well,
3: I think that's good though because it removes any. Kind of weird fear of your celebrity has somehow led you. To oh this yeah, point. she doesn't care about any of that. And well, it, that's it, wh- good, Whatever though. sort of B level, and I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about you worrying about it. I'm sure I, I don't know, her, but I'm sure she's fine. But you won't worry about it because you know it's it's meaningless. It here. doesn't mean yeah. That doesn't there's that's not an issue and it doesn't matter.
2: And and honestly,
3: I'm very excited for you. Are you going to have children? Yeah, I think that's
2: great. She wants to have kids, and I and and uh, and I didn't I. This is going to sound terrible when I verbalize it, but I didn't recoil at the idea. In other words, she was like, I want to have kids. And I was like, yeah, we should do that. Like, And previously, I'd always been like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure I can really be well, good that's, at that. Well, that's a
3: perfectly natural reaction to not being sure. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, if you say, no, that's a good idea. Let's have children. And it will be great, right, until you have them. And then <laughs> – <laughs> And then it'll be, and then it'll be the same as it is for everybody else. Is you won't sleep for two years. You'll think you want a divorce. You don't need a divorce. You need a nap. <laughs> uh, and then, and then you get past that, and you'll be fine.
2: Well, you know, Lydia. The, she, the, one of the funniest things, about she's like, she's the sweetest person in the world, and you would never, ever, ever know about her family if you didn't know you wouldn't know she's not she doesn't give off I don't think she gives off that air at all right every once in a while she'll say something so earnestly that cracks me up because it's so indicative of that she just grew up in a different universe right, right. but this morning um she was going to do a photo shoot for Martha Stewart magazine for wedding dress like as you do. To take ready wedding for weddings yeah. and uh she was like, "Oh, you know, I got this out, and it's got in the desert. I got to drive out to the desert." She was like, "Ah, it's such a long drive." And I go, "Don't go, fuck Martha Stewart. What's she ever done for you?" Totally sincerely. She used to make cookies for me when I was a little girl. I'm like, "All right, you uh-huh. know what? <laughs> you know what? Just don't do that. Don't do that." Your
3: fiance was in prison.
2: Yeah, <laughs> as, as a, a little pre- girl? As a child. Yeah, oh my that's God. why she's so remarkable. That's why she's so
3: remarkable.
2: It'd <laughs> be funny if we have kids around the same time. Yeah, well, are, you guys are you gonna I, have them?
3: I, or, yeah, we're trying. Yeah, nice. Oh so no, that, be... that, that's uh, so. How long have you been married? Are you married? Well, yeah, you... we're married. We're married for four months. See, what's interesting is that everyone here is very traditional. Get married, have children uh, in a heterosexual relationship. You know, it's very, it's a very old-fashioned idea. It well, is. Old, think, it's, it's, you know. it's, we're both Catholic. So. Yeah, <laughs> well, we that were was, raised well. Really... Catholicism is a very, very old idea. Yeah, that that old. I'd say is about two thousand years old. A than bit, The church yeah. itself. Yeah. Wait, uh, little... hang on. What? Well, what I'm saying is that you're. Adorable tradition of communion is basically just an ancient Egyptian libation ritual. Are you aware of that? I don't. And then I also,
2: I also can't help but
3: wonder sometimes. Some of the
2: traditions of the, uh, I also can't help but wonder if sometimes the tradition of. Christmas and the birth of the Savior is like the harvest festival, the rebirth of the year, and maybe could have p- perhaps been borrowed from Mithraism. Well, I'm but just I mean saying, who's hey, to say? Hey, who's
3: to say? It's all water under the bridge it now, is, isn't man. it? Water is still quite yeah. under the bridge.
2: And if a priest takes a liking to you and you have no dad in the picture, you should be uh thankful.
3: Right? Well, oh, well, you man. You went, you went too far, man. <laughs> <laughs> too
0: far.
3: Everything was rolling along nicely and then you had to do that, Ray Donovan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't acknowledge his real name anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean mm. I, I don't yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I just feel good about it and it, and it's nice
3: to It's great, Chris. It's really you deserve it. You know what? You you really are. You're a good person and you always have been straight up in show business and that's fucking rare. So I'm very <laughs> happy for you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I- I've noticed that in my own life, you know, in the time that I've known you. I have had uh, ups and downs professionally, as have you. And your uh, attitude towards uh, me and people around you doesn't seem to alter with your career. That's a remarkable gift. Good for you. No, I I appreciate that. I, I just... It's you bullshit, know. of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's no, it's true. You're like you're human.
2: It's I don't it's know. Refreshing. I just I just I have had such severe ups and downs in my career, and I, and I think I probably was douchier when I was younger, and I think
3: everyone was douchier when they were just, younger. Uh, Come on, you know,
2: having to having to realize that what what a scared, insecure person I was, and and trying to fix that with self medicating with alcohol without realizing it, and you know, I'm even still learning things. About the alcohol gene. I'm so curious to know if you experienced this too. Even as, like, recent discoveries of, you know, uh, of kind of seeking out dramatic situations and kind of realizing, like, you know, I think... That might be a byproduct of the same gene. Alcohol creates a high and a low and, right. you know, seeking out drama. and the reason I think about it is because there's no drama in my relationship with Lydia.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And it kind of started – it almost drove me nuts a little bit because I'm like, right. oh, it's so calm.
3: Right, right, right.
2: And having to really take stock of that and go, oh, I think that's the thing that's trying to get a some type of a rise or a rush out of something. There's no alcohol, there's no substance, there's no coffee, there's no anything.
3: Yes, I so think So I think,
2: these, think it's just trying to get that
3: thing. Yeah, you're addicted to the tension of your to own misery. To yeah. I to mean something. Right. And I think that I I totally understand. I feel the same way. I I think that I I invest some magical power in fear and misery that it will somehow keep misfortune at bay. Because
2: if you're willingly it's yeah. it's like an like a kind of an OCD thing if you you're connecting Oh, this is the penance that I will pay for. Right, to make I'll pay sure- ahead of
3: time. Right. It's almost the, like. The, the prepay plan. <laughs> right. It's it's like, you know, when you hear that thing, it's like, oh, you know, most of the things I worried about never happened. Well, I think, well, okay, clearly worrying about things causes them not to happen. Of course. So therefore, I will worry about all the awful things that can happen in order to stop them happening. That's right. I understand that that's insane, but. I have never claimed to be otherwise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's human. I think I it's think so. human because, you know, you know, it's like we're not we didn't it's we didn't ask to be born. We just appear. Mm. We just appear mm. and all of a sudden we have to work out the world based on the sum total of knowledge that's come in all of the creatures who are like us before. Mm. And you know, you even you know not to disparage religion or anything like that but i think human beings need to feel connected to something to try to make sense of the world and so for some people that's religion for some people it's substance and for some of us it's food this, the food yes. or this or this false association with um oh well this is how i control this is how i can control
3: an uncontrollable world if right. i
2: But they all seem to be control issues, ultimately.
3: Yeah, I think they are. I think otherwise you realize we're spinning out of control in a massive vortex of nothingness heading towards oblivion. Right. Um, On the other hand, (laughs) it might not all be bad. It might
2: not all be bad. Well, it's just, it's so hard not to feel like it's all bad when all of the news is sensational. I mean, there are bad things in the world, but then on top of that, the news sensationalizes everything and they're going to tell you the worst stuff because you're going to listen to the
3: worst stuff because it pokes at all of your biggest well, everything, I everything. Com- I think everything is clickbait. I mean, Of you, course you, it is. You, and you, you, I realize this, and you must get this too. Everyone, who I think, who works in show business, you realize that every interaction you have, which is recorded, every, even this one, I'm sure someone somewhere will say, let's take that bit out and put it on the website, and that will go, oh, oh. Like, I was, I was selling a house. I have a house in Malibu. And I was sailing it. And a website put this thing out. It was like, Craig Ferguson flips out in Malibu. Now it because I was flipping a house in Malibu. <laughs> but it was like Craig Ferguson flips out in Malibu. So <laughs> you will click it Damn to it. see me going, "Oh, what's your name, Sugar Tits?" Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it's just me selling a house, which is no longer for sale. I decided I wasn't selling it. So So you that's not, not even so, so in two ways you did not flip out. No, well, I didn't flip out. I was going to sell it. Now, so no.
2: Yeah, because the the unfortunately irresponsible. Part about all that is that um, most people will never do the research to find out
3: what the truth is actually is I don't or think people are interested it. in the, I don't think people are really interested in the truth. I think the the for, for the most part people are interested in a in the this small adrenaline hit of their um their uh, sense of righteousness yes. or that comes from looking at gossip or That or is a negative. public addiction that I am I believe is an epidemic.
2: I I do believe people are addicted to outrage and I do believe people are addicted to that that It's like a little it's like a little to...
3: it's like a little uh you know um slot machine in Vegas. It's like a little it's not uh, what's next? A penny slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what's next? What's next? Oh, uh, Kanye. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I think, I think actually, I don't know Kanye West, but sometimes when I see what he tweets up, I'm like, yeah, oh God, for heaven's sake, is that just to get attention? Right. You know, um like Bill Cosby is innocent, really? Yeah. Uh, okay.
2: I, I don't. And I was interesting because I watched. <laughs> what was? Did I, you see that? Of course, I saw. We talked about it on that midnight last oh night. Oh my
3: God.
2: And we were trying to. You know, I was trying to. I was trying to dissect all... It, what's so funny with him is that you try to dissect all the ways, like, well, okay... What's he up to? What's he up to? Yeah. Is he saying... Because obviously, you know, something just happened in the Cosby case, and Janice Dickinson was trying to sue Marty Singer and right. the attorney, and, but then I guess that didn't go through, and so they're re-strategizing. So did Kanye read that as that Bill Cosby was innocent, and was that an was he outraged like bill cosby's innocent are you kidding what, me what that yeah but then there was no, <laughs> he talks but, hey hey but then there were no question marks so mm. i don't think that was it or was he just with his friends and he's like i can get away with anything watch this yeah you know or was it what but cuz he didn't and
3: i saw, however in the eyes of the law bill cosby is innocent so far legally yes but
2: Yes, that is a difficult. You, that is a black, That is a that is a very indisputable fact. He has not been found guilty. Of anything right. Yet.
3: So now we must presume that he is innocent. The idea is, or certainly that the court must presume he is innocent until proven guilty. He's not even been charged with anything. Now, I personally think that he's, a, he's guilty and he's a serial rapist. Yes, but uh, lega- legally, legally,
2: um, yeah. I mean, it is. Because even, you know... Well, O.J.'s in jail for
3: uh, kidnapping. That's Not
2: true. Not murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it just... You know, because sometimes when we'll, we'll make jokes, Cosby jokes pop on out midnight, and people are saying, like, you're making light of the situation, and we're like... And I, and I would say, no. As a comic, you know, we I think the guy is a piece of shit. I can't punch him in the face. All we can do as, a com- as comedians is ridicule him. So, because I think... I don't want people to forget. Like, people, this is what we can, one of the things that we can do as comedians. I
3: also, th- it's interesting you bring up that, or oh, you're making light of the situation. Well, first of all, that's my job <laughs> is to make light of any situation that's that's what I do. If you want someone to make dark of the situation, you go to a tragedian. Right. Right. You want someone who makes Stand something up tragedy. Right, it's like, "Hey, hey everybody, it's a terrible day." Uh, <laughs> that's the news. Basically. Yeah, yeah, right. The news is
2: stand-up tragedy.
3: Well, but I think that the idea also I think I think the there's a, a real good lie that goes around that many pseudo intellectuals believe that misery has somehow got more intellectual value than than joy.
2: Thank you for saying that. And
3: and that that's a real problem because there's a lot of stupid people think because they're because they're miserable, they're smarter than they a are. And negative. Yeah, yes, absolutely.
2: I, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I feel like I've been I've been maybe silently shouting that to myself, but you know, but when people – because, look, I, I, I'm – you know, I am I try to be as upbeat as possible. Sure. I'm not like this 100% of the time. I have my dark moments. You I surprised have me. I have <laughs> – you know, like I, I'm insecure. I think things I, – I think a lot of things I do suck and I try to do them anyway. I beat myself up. I get too, you know, like, girl, sometimes when I go home, I just get in my own head and it's – you know, mm. I, I try to remember that so I can be fair to my to my partner and future spouse. But – in general, I try to choose positivity because I believe it's a choice. And sometimes I feel like people who are negative are like, but this guy's the real deal. The next, like he's just, It's a choice. Negativity and positivity are a choice. Also,
3: in the portrayal of uh, tragedy and comedy, I, and I have tried to do both in my life and I have watched many other people do it, it seems to me far easier to portray misery, either as an actor or as a writer, than it is to portray joy. Joy is very difficult because there's much more resistance to it. Of course. And and so there was a thing that uh, Bill Carter, the New York Times, said to me when I took over the late night show. I'd said to him, "What, what do you think I should do first? He said, well... The first thing you're going to have to do is ride out the fact that they are going to have to forgive you for trying to make them laugh. (laughs) You're going to have to get past that. And it was interesting because that was my experience when I took it over that it was – you know, the first couple of months were like as it is for everybody. I remember when Jimmy Fallon took over; people were all over him. This is terrible, blah blah. blah. If you look at Carson's reviews when he took over the late night, sh- uh, the the Tonight Show, they were killing him. They always go after you know. People this are giving m- Trevor Noah shit now, right? right. It's like, like he just started. It's ridiculous. Well, it is weird hearing
2: well, that. Accent talk about American politics. It's not and weird to, at all. It's just
1: it's it's
3: just, it's that's just xenophobic. odd. That, it's I just think odd. I think that it is. The accent doesn't bother me because for obvious reasons. I feel that there are many accents, but John's that, that, John's worked. Oliver's worked. Yeah, um, I I reason. think I think that's because it's easy to the English accent makes things sound clever. That's another common mistake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like. Yes, today, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you get Alec Guinness to play him because, you know, uh, you want to be a Jedi, that sounds good. That sounds like, you know, if it was like, it won't be a Jedi, (laughs) oh, yeah! It doesn't feel the same way. Uh, there, there Do you think a-
2: we should pour blue milk into our butts?
3: Yes, because you have a great accent. Right, that's right. It's like Let's drive the General Lee over this bridge. Fly into the air. How and- will the dukes get out of this one? The literal dukes. <laughs> the actual dukes. The of- <laughs> actual dukes get out of this one. But I think that, that what happens is that certain, for me... The comment on, uh, on American politics in the American media, uh, it, it would help your case if you were an American citizen. I think that that's uh, – it's not necessary. Of course, free speech is for everyone who's mm-hmm. here. But I, I think that it would – it used to get my goat uh, when – who was that guy who took over from Larry King, the English guy? Oh, oh Piers, Piers Morgan. Morgan. Piers, Piers, Piers uh, Morgan. Uh, I was going to say Pierce Brosnan, but that wasn't. Oh, no, that <laughs> would <was, laughs> have been yeah, That would have been awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, or just keeping Larry King would have been even better. Be even uh, better. Um, but he, you know, he was going on about, you know, uh, it, it felt very school marmy to me. Like, oh, come on, we don't want to have this, and this guy's flying home to London every weekend. I don't know. I, I, I'm not that I'm saying Trevor is doing that. He's not. But I think that you you have to be involved a little bit. Mm. Uh, and also, I wonder. I wonder about the validity in this is in an election year when when the two front runners at this point are both uh, extremes uh, yeah. of of uh, a thought um, or, or at far ends. Is that how how much of it um, you know? How much of, of, of what you say in the media is it, it? It seems to be a lot of, with the exception, of course, of Fox and the and the the right wing radios. I mean, I I tend to skew liberal in my thought, but it is relentless in all of our media. We don't – there seems to be in political discussion – there is no discussion. There's no discussion. If if you don't agree with me, you're wrong and a bad American. You're worse than Hitler and you should die in a fire. You're you're... un-American. You don't agree with me and therefore you want to destroy America. Now, you're – as a history buff – do you see... That doesn't mean I know everything about history, right? <laughs> because that, I don't want to be that. But you do know. I mean, you... you, you I, know, I know bits. I know the bits I know, and I don't know the bits I don't know. Do you think we're just repeating the same things over and over again in more complex ways? Or I think history is psychotherapy for the entire species of humanity. So what you do is, in in any form of decent, uh, as I understand psychotherapy, is you look at your past and see if you can establish patterns or areas where you make mistakes or areas that make you unhappy or where you feel you've gone wrong. So if you look at that as a species, you look at history, it's the same thing. Where did we as a species make mistakes? Did we go wrong? Where did things occur that we could have avoided had we seen a a pattern emerging? So uh, let's, for example, look at uh, a country uh, called Germany. Uh, 1930. They've been through a terrible war, a humiliating uh, process of, of peace. They're economically disadvantaged, a lot of upset, uh, and there is a lot of diverse political thought. Communists on one side, uh, social democrats kind of stride in the middle, and then the fascists on the far side of the right, and they're beginning to rise up. Now what happens is you have a joke candidate amongst all of that, the guy with the stupid hair and the, the odd moustache who's like, everybody thinks, oh, this guy's an idiot. But there's some people who really are into what he's talking you about. You mean Charlie Chaplin? Well, exactly so. And what happens is that the, uh, the, the, the left and the center left get into what seems to always happen to the left and the center left in current democracies, and current by means since the Enlightenment, is that they start infighting and create opportunities for extreme thought on the right to take advantage of that. Hitler, remember, did not seize power. He was voted into power and then took control after it. So what I'm saying is that if I were a member of the Democratic Party, which I am not, I'm a registered independent and I vote in Vermont, but if I were a member of the Democratic Party right now, I'd be starting to say, well, whoever we're going to put up, we better make sure we get behind this or we're in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
2: such a crazy, weird mm-hmm. time. There was a guy on Twitter said something to me last night uh, – he was, he was upset about something that happened on the show, and yeah. I, I talked to him about it. Because I, I do like to have conversations with people. Right. So I said, hey, let's talk about it. And we talked about it, and it was great. And we understood each other, and it was really nice. And right. he, goes, he goes, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry. It's just such a weird time. 2016 is the year of no chill. And I go, dude, you need to put that on a shirt. Yeah,
3: yeah. This yeah. is
2: the year of no chill. Look,
3: any, any year that starts off with, you know, David Bowie and Alan Rickman dying, I'm like, what the the fuck? It's not even the end of January. Yeah. You know, I mean, what that, uh, Bowie in particular, I was like, that was like personal. I I, I really, um, for well, me, that was, that was a, goof.
2: Yeah, because, he, you know, Bowie, and you know, maybe unfairly, we put this on people who are merely human beings. Bowie was another Robin Williams type where you're like, yeah, oh, right. that guy's immortal. He's always going to be there. He's bigger than life. He's mm. not, you know, so not only do we feel bad because we feel like Oh, even a good guy like that can get taken out. But it also is so much a mirror to our own mortality,
3: where you're like, "Oh, I don't. I guess I don't really." This feel is not fair at all. Yeah. This is yeah. Do you know one of the most uh, moving and wonderful things I've seen in the media this year was uh, uh, Jim Carrey's uh, remarks at the Golden Globes. Uh, did you see that? No. What did he say? He, he was introducing something, and he said. Hi. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, Hi, I'm Jim Carrey, two-time Golden Globe winner. When I look in the mirror, I see Jim Carrey, two-time Golden Globe winner. I, when I go to bed, I, I, uh, I dream of being Jim Carrey, three-time Golden Globe winner. <laughs> Because then, then that would fix me. <laughs> then, then the dark hole, the searching, searching would be over, and I would have three golden gloves. Then he said something along the lines: "I'm joking. In a universe that's just so big that we wouldn't even be, you know, detectable under a microscope if it was the size of, you know, a planet." But this is important to us, to us. (laughs) And I thought, you know, there was something about the way he delivered it. This is a man who went through a great deal of personal tragedy in the last, you know, six months. He's he's very bright. And I I worked with him briefly before and I always liked him. But I just thought when he did that, I thought, you're on to something, my friend. Whatever you're doing for yourself, I like it. Good for you.
2: Well, you know, I think, uh, first of all, it's very honest Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not him just doing a gag for a laugh. Like, he's, it's no. funny because it's a very authentic, you know, yeah. it it kind of takes the power out of what say. He's basically saying, yeah, it's important. It's not the most important thing in the world. I'm broken. Ultimately, it matters, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think the day I, you know, the day that I kind of realized what insignificant specs we are was very freeing because then I felt like you know, when people think the universe is out to get them, it's like, yeah, you're not that important. Yeah, you know, you're that it's really good, it's, and it's good to not be that important.
0: Not all about you, Chris. It's not all about yeah. you. The
3: I like, you know, in the there. in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, when um, Zaphod Beeblebrox <laughs> <laughs> goes into the Total Perspective Vortex, which destroys the minds of everybody who goes in it, and he goes into it and comes out and goes. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I aspire to be. Zebo Brieble Brooks, like yeah, I'm pretty important. Always bring a towel. Yeah, I'm, the yep. important
2: thing is always bring a towel. Bring a towel. Are you uh uh are you are you caught up on Doctor Who at all? This is are you watching Capel?
3: No, I um I'm not. I I kind of uh I kinda of haven't been. I, I've been I've been off in other kind of, I do that with Doctor Who. I I, I caught Peter's first show because I, you know we're old friends and wanted to see. You it, were in a band. We were in a band together. That's You're right. in a fucking band. That's right. Uh, it was those were interesting times. You know have you ever read um who was the name of that uh, lady who wrote *The Time Traveler's Wife*? Audrey. Uh, she's. Uh, Audrey
2: di- Niffenegger.
3: Nif- 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 N- right. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you said it, not me. <laughs> but the um, the she uh, wrote a book uh, called *Her Fearful Symmetry*, which was is very it's set in Highgate Cemetery. It's, it's beautiful, but it reminded me of my time with Peter after the band, because he used to live next to Kensal Green Cemetery in London, which is a giant Victorian cemetery, um, much like Highgate. And we used to walk around uh, that, that place because we didn't have jobs or any money. Uh, and we would walk around there and we'd talk about things and we'd talk about, you know, Doctor Who and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's so funny that, it, you know, these years later that Peter should be... The doctor. It, it, it's it's such a surreal thing to have happened because I just lived my life, but when you know now you you look back at it, and you go, that's quite interesting. You know the you know when I lived in the East Village in the early eighties and all that stuff that was going on there, which was just stuff that was going on. But you know I met Andy Warhol and uh, Jean Michel Basquiat in the nineteen eighties outside a furniture store that was run by an English guy on Avenue B. You know it's <laughs> like. It, it's kind of weird that it's things get elevated yeah it's it's an odd it's a funny old game life it I is think. a funny
2: it well it is a weird thing because you it, you don't you just perceive things as happening from your point of view and it right. doesn't really mean anything and oh it's not interesting at all and then something weird happens and something elevates and then it gets packaged and labeled, and it's like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, sort of the sort of the commerce of it, I guess. And uh, it is odd. It can it is be annoying.
3: Surreal. It can be annoying too. I remember that was that was the the thing that I you know I had difficulty with in late night was when they would say you make you part of a gang, like you know like you're all uh, a bunch of like the late night guys like you're One Direction or something, <laughs> and, um, and I I I wasn't. I wasn't comfortable with that. I didn't join that, but you know, you, things get labeled. You know, and you get you get put into it. Well, because they need everything needs to be bite sized and digestible,
2: and they have to put it in in headline. It's got to be clickbait. everything's click, life is clickbait. That's yeah. the secret of the universe. Is yeah. I think it's somehow unfortunately clickbait. Everything's clickbait. Did um uh did, did you feel like at a certain point? Did you did you really feel the craziness of it? I mean, can can someone? Can someone do a late night show for an extended period of time and not kind of lose their mind?
3: I think people can. <laughs> I think people can. I I don't think I could. Um, I but I I lost my mind doing the show in a way which I think has worked out for me. There was a moment when I was doing it when really I think there, it, Honestly, it was a it was like a it was like a sudden change in altitude. It was the night uh, we did the show about South Africa, and the only guest that night was Desmond Tutu. And uh, who's uh, Anglican, not Catholic? Damn. Okay. Um, (laughs) Very similar uh, rituals, though. Um, But um, he was on the show, and and through this long-ranging conversation, he said to me, I've talked about this before, but he said, you are crazy, he said. And I said, well, you've... You've talked to a lot of very, very crazy people. I, I'm kind of alarmed to hear you say that. He went, no, 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 I, because he's talked to some very bad, crazy people in his life. He said, no, 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 you are crazy in the way that we need. You must be crazier, be as crazy as you want. And um, I thought, well, that's like for me, that's like getting permission from God to be as crazy as you want. <laughs> uh, if there is a God, I feel that he would approve of uh, Desmond Tutu. <laughs> he would approve that anoint, of You're that right. anointing. Yeah, and and so I think, okay, I'll take that as an endorsement. And and I and I feel that there is some liberation of that, and there's absolutely no way I would have met Desmond Tutu without doing The Late Night Show. I loved doing that show. I loved it, and I'm grateful that I did it, but I'm glad that I stopped doing what it. Does, what
2: did the, how did you manifest that of being a crazier like, of going farther with it?
3: I think, ultimately, you know, no longer doing the show. I think that led to that. But I think... Um, I think I stopped concerning myself about the... the very understandable opinions of uh, everyone else involved in my performance. So... Um, like, you should do more uh, material about contemporary events, I'd be like, meh. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I want to talk about ancient Egyptian libation rituals in reference to, you know, communion. Can I ask you a sincere question Mm. about that? Were you resistant to it
2: because you didn't want to? Or was there a control thing of like, yeah, don't fucking tell me what to do with my show.
3: Well, I, I I don't think it was really it was my show in the sense that I did it. But I I don't think I was ever I hope I was never arrogant enough to think that it was it belonged to me in a in a in a sense that you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. The, when I said I was going, I someone well meaning friend of mine said, Oh, CBS are gonna miss you. They're gonna be sorry you go which is a nice supportive thing to say. But I said and I meant it, and I still do mean it, I said CBS will miss me the way, like, if, if the Radisson hotel chain lost one of their piano players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 it's not that big a deal to them. They'll be able to to fill the position. It's And wh- me, as a piano player, I, I'll go on and find other pianos, and they'll be fine too, and I really don't... But you have the heart of a... Uh, it seems like you, you know, like that punk rock
2: musician that you were, I feel like... I always thought, like, well, that's your heart. You know? Like, you you like to fucking rattle things and break things up. And when things are... When things are
3: just too smooth, you got to go because it kind of drives you nuts a little bit. So, well, it's not. I think comedically, it's not very interesting. You know, once upon a time, nothing happened. The end. Well, there's no fucking story there. Right. So, I think that you know, guy walks into a bar, no horse there, no barman. He orders a drink, sits down. Nobody says anything. That's not a joke. So, you know, stuff has to occur. And if it doesn't occur in the material, then it's up for me. I you should make stuff occur. You know, if I'm if I'm in a performance and, and nothing. is... Is occurring. It is my job to make it occur. I'm, you know, I, something must happen. So I think for me that's it. The 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 and uh, that and being raised by passive aggressive Scottish people, so that you're, <laughs> you're always thinking that everybody disapproves of you all the time.
2: <laughs> or oh, is it kind of the? All
3: right. Oh, okay. oh trousers, is it? Oh. Aye. <laughs> Oh, oh, haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but before
2: you said I my hair was too long.
3: Well oh, yes. Well, uh-huh, okay. That's how you wanna... If that's how you're gonna approach it.
2: What did you what 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 went through your head the morning that you woke up after you were done
3: with the show? I had terrible jet lag, I remember, because that night, uh the, I did the last show and I as is my wont, I, I got immediately in a car and went to the airport and went to Scotland. And uh when I was uh when I was there I just thought, well, um that was that then. And it was very weird uh for a little while. And I think I might have overreacted a bit. I went on this massive tour. Um like I toured like crazy because, excuse me, I thought, well, I'll never earn any more money, so I better, you know, go and tour and earn some money and do what I do. And and then that was just silly. Uh, it, 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 I got very tired of that towards the end of that as well. So how did it feel? It, a little weird, a little strange, not all good and not all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Changes, is, is... Transitions are difficult, I think. Uh, uh, no matter what they are. And, and even if they are desired, they're, they're still difficult. And I didn't... I didn't... and don't regret... Uh, the, you know, not doing the show anymore. But I... Uh, I had an adjustment period which was a little uncomfortable for a few months. I'd be lying if I said that. Much as it was going into the show, it was uncomfortable for a few months, the idea of doing it every night. I mean, you now are in that world... You do a show, you know, you do a lot of shows, and how many shows do you do in a year? Stand-up or television shows? Television shows.
2: Well, there's probably 160 episodes of At Midnight. Right. This year there'll probably be like 40 Talking Deads, and then I did another show, and then stand-up, you
3: know. Right. Like, so it's that's, a lot of shows. that's kind of the same schedule I was on. I was doing 220 late night shows a year and all the stand up that I could Fridays play. yeah you got yeah. Fridays in yeah, there too right yeah. and then yeah which is even harder to do stand up because you
2: got Fridays right so you got to get somewhere you could do a Saturday show come back Sunday come back well the I
3: started double taping on Thursdays yeah so that I could get out on Thursday night and do a show on Friday night how's your uh, wh- wh- what are you talking about now in your stand up you know the usual you know observations difficult childhood you know uh, bodily functions <laughs> the staple of the uh, of the vulgar lounge comedian you know uh uh you know ancient egyptian libation sure. rituals uh yes. religion hypocrisy and um and i got a hemorrhoid so that's about ten <laughs> What?
1: Did well you make
3: it's it's sh- gone now but, uh, yeah yeah they're, they're, they're like the wind. <laughs> they come and they go.
2: <laughs> and that hemorrhoid's somewhere that hemorrhoid's doing a podcast like, you know, Craig Ferguson said yeah. he'd miss me, but now I'm like a piano player at yeah. the Radisson. That's the accent your hemorrhoid that, would have.
3: That's right. My hemorrhoid <laughs> would, was from the 1930s, yeah. actually. Like, hey, hey, Mac. Hey, hey. 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 I'm going
2: to plug that asshole up real good. See? <laughs> it's dark in here. It'll hurt when you sit down. See? huh? How about that? How about those ancient Egyptians, everybody? So what, so what, with Join or Die, what was the, what part of your uh, brain was, is is that, does that show satisfy?
3: It's, for me, the Join or Die show is about, it's a, uh, as you say, it's a panel game. It's It's a panel show, not a panel game. It's a panel show. But. I wanted to put together a discussion which was uh, genuinely Socratic in its, uh, in its form, in that there was no real conclusion other than, there was no real worth other than the discussion itself. So the, the structure of uh, take six things, swittle them down to one, so th- what is the greatest you know, shoe in history? Uh, you were, Chuck uh, the, Taylor. Right, okay. So <laughs> I said shoe. Oh, we're just calling it a shoe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it's arguably a Look, that's not one of them.
1: Anyway, no, <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: The, but that's what happens. Is the, the 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 form? It's it's not like you win a prize. Like we're doing a show. What did we do when you were on? What was that show? It was
2: the um, cr- I think it was craziest medical.
3: The oh, craziest medical advice. Yeah, that's right. The, the like the oh, advice. Advice. Right. Yeah. Leeches. So, Leeches. Yeah, bleeding. Right. Taking your teeth out to stop you feeling anxious. That's all right. that stuff. That, right. that that
2: drilling a hole in your brain to let the crazy so, out. Well, Pain. that
3: was in there. Pain. That Pain. was Pain. in it. Yeah. Um, uh, the. But what happens is, and you know this, you start putting forward ideas that you don't necessarily believe, but they're, they're amusing and stimulating to have in the conversation. And so, it, it, I mean, it exists in what you're doing right now. It, it just it is about something other than the individuals involved. It's just a conversation. But it's a conversation about a moment in history or a thing. Or What it's not about is the new sitcom on the WB. And right. There's not even a WB anymore, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do that, and structure the structure of taking six things and whittling them down to one just was useful televisually. It has no value other than that, and you know it. It was interesting to me that you know the way things went, like in the in the in the show we did about the greatest founding father. Uh, which was very interesting because it became a discussion about not what we started off talking about, which it became a discussion about slavery. Because if you're going to say, as obviously, the knee-jerk reaction is George Washington is the greatest founding father. oh, well, it was Jefferson, go, but he's a slave. No, 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 no. he owned slaves too. Yeah. So it has to be John Adams, surely. Because, you know, John Adams did not own slaves, knew that it was morally wrong. So then you ask, is there ever a point in human history where it is morally correct to own slaves? The answer, of course, is no, it is fucking not morally correct to ever own a slave. Now, was that unknown at that time? If it was unknown at that time, how the fuck did John Adams know? About it, he knew it was morally abhorrent to own another human being, and was very vocal about saying so. So, the argument and the discussion became about the dark shadow, and I mean that in the the, you know in the metaphorical (laughs) sense, the dark shadow of slavery in the birth of the United States. Because then you say, "Well, no empire was ever built on uh, without slaves," and you go, "But America was not an empire at the time of slavery." It was a collection of colonies and states you know, and a country at war with itself over the morality and the, let's be honest, economics of slavery. So it became a discussion about something using the tools of clickbait. That's all. Yeah, you, it, it's,
2: they're really great jumping off points for conversation right. because you're putting these – other well at least in, in our case with the with the um, the medical practices, the questionable medical practices throughout history they 're essentially you kind of set them on the table and they have no value until we start talking about them right and then you really start the sort of the genius of the show is you really start getting to know people because you see their thought process and their deduction process right. and how they why they think something. Is
3: superior to something else really says a lot about who they are, and uh, and and see how much of human behavior is, 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 is and human invention is trial and error. Like there was a point in the Middle Ages when rubbing dog shit in your eyes apparently cured blindness. Now I can understand doing it once, <laughs> like you know, you know, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, George has gone blind. We well, what are we going to do? In, yeah. I, I don't know. Try dog shit in his eyes. Yeah. You know, I, you know the guys like. Well, uh, guys, I can't. I still can't see, and I uh, the smell is <laughs> awful. Um, and they was like, well, do it again. It, it worked for George, but and then again, it didn't work. But you notice that in Hollywood, they'll remake movies that didn't work the first time. because oh, yeah. at least they made them before. <laughs> it's, it's so
2: fucking crazy. Not only that, but how many times? It's like. It's such an odd business. And especially like when you kind of look at the at the network side of stuff where you go, How does some executives just fail upwards? Like how many oh, yeah, 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 yeah. times does some you know I mean it is kind of crazy. But then at the same time, when I look at how many failures I had in my career, I am pleased that that part actually worked in my
3: favor. Because if you were kind of looking at my track record, you'd go
2: Hey, there's a lot more that did not work
3: than it, did it, work. Well, it's baseball. Is uh, you know how many do you have to hit to make the Hall of Fame? One in ten, right? I don't know. Hundred. You have to hit three in ten. Usually. Okay. Three in ten. Three in ten. So, <sighs> uh, so, seventy so percent of what you do is garbage. Yep. And you have yeah. to be okay with. And that. you're a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, if you hit one in ten, you're just rich. <laughs> 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 And nobody knows who you are. Two and a half. Two
2: and a half in ten, you're rich. Right. One in ten, you're you, bouncing, you, you play, you're right, bouncing you're, around. Well, you're bouncing around. You're not doing well.
3: Okay. All right. Well... If you got 100 you know where
2: I'm going with down. this.
3: What I'm saying is, there's more failure than not. <laughs> well,
2: I think... Uh, I, I, I hope... Uh, I hope in general you feel okay. I, hope I do. You, I hope I do. you feel okay. I mean, and I don't just mean like... Like, that you feel marginally good by okay. I just mean, okay. Like, I feel like we kind of strive for this... I want my default setting to be okay, where things can happen and I don't blow it out of proportion or I don't make it something to beat myself up or tear something down. Like, I just want to feel okay with stuff.
3: I think, that, I think that the key for me, and I think whenever, you know, we talked earlier on about, you know, when people are having difficulty with uh, addictive problems which we or behaviors which we have both experienced in our own lives, how do you help out? And whenever I'm trying to help somebody that has difficulty, and anyone who's listening to this who's having difficulty or is in the early days or even further on in in a struggle with sobriety, I would say try and treat yourself like you're a friend of yours that you like. (laughs) Yes. So, like, if a friend of yours comes to you and says, I'm having a terrible time in this relationship, what would you do? Take him out for a meal, maybe listen to his bullshit for a while, you know, Say, come on, you're a great guy. She's just being horrible right now, or you know, he's being horrible, or they're being horrible, or you know, whatever you're in. If you're whatever, in a plural relationship yeah, with several, yeah. I mean, what I what I think is, if you if you try, if one tries to practice self acceptance, treat yourself like you're somebody you like, and live in the present. I do believe that it's not easy to do, but I do believe that the key, the really the meaning of life is to live each moment as it arrives. And if you can do that, then, you know, you win whatever can be won.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I try to remind myself sometimes, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but, uh, uh, learn from the
3: past, plan for the future, live in the present. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, uh, And then the Kratz brothers always say, see you on the creature trail. And I like that too. I've got young children. <laughs> so adorable. See you on the creature trail. Yes, crap brothers. Yes. Oh, my God. These guys are fucking on to something.
0: Yeah. See you on the creature trail. Yes. I'm going to really
3: take that to heart. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever works. Yeah. Well, Frank Sinatra said that great thing, didn't he? When he says, I'm in favor of anything that gets you through the night. If it's a bottle of Jack Daniels or a Bible. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> yeah. You <know? laughs> um, whatever you need. Are you gonna be? Are you touring at the moment? No, no. I've got a couple of dates in California just to make sure that my hole doesn't close. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Your comedy hole, yeah. <laughs> you,
2: can, you don't want the comedy hole to close up no, too much. No, no, you do not. Because you really want... feel it.
3: Well, then when you try to open it up again, you know it's it, very it gets messy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope to see your comedy hole open again soon.
2: Oh, And, it's and also. Funny. Um, uh, yeah, so some other b- bits of business, uh, but w- wedding invite coming your way.
1: Oh,
3: I was going to ask about that, and I thought, is that gauche? Because I do want to see you dressed up and shaven.
2: <laughs> I don't know uh, if I'll totally shave. Oh
3: no, dude, you really? have to yeah. shave. I'm too pasty. No. I don't have a good get the, You got to shave. I shave. Occasion, you have to shave. I shave for my way. Yeah, you know you have and I mean shave your entire body. My body. Dental. I'm talking eyebrows. Dolphin smooth. Pubic hair. Yeah. ass hair. I'm gonna I don't get know a you, full you, wax. Yeah, everything. I'm going to get a face wax. You should wax look like a giant a, baby. I should on I should look like
2: a wetsuit. Uh, in a bow tie a
3: young a young dolphin
2: just an adorable just like I was just dragged out of the sea I think that'd be lovely do you take this woman yeah
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm gonna do it it's gonna be good though the ceremony's gonna be good Lydia's super cool about it she's like is it gonna be somewhere really cool um, yeah, we're doing it locally. I mean, right. it's just going to be at a...
3: Disney. We're not, I wish oh, we could. They're getting married in Space Mountain. Nah, we're, we're just getting married at a You're nice You're just being getting married place. properly like humans. It's like, not like human beings, yeah. yeah right, but, you know, it's not like, you know, know. like a Doctor <laughs> Who-themed wedding or anything like that. Well, oh, Just man. hang on a second, <laughs> oh, no, Craig. Look, now, look. Craig, I want to tell you, you something. Could, I want to tell you something. Hang just, on. Look, I, far be it from me to give you any marital advice, but... Wasn't my idea, by the way. All right. Well, let me just say What? You know the movie Chariots of Fire. I'm aware of it. All right, you know that's a great movie. Great movie. But that soundtrack, very when you, Yeah, when you listen to it now, you're like, why is someone playing a fucking guitar over <laughs> this great movie? Had they put on a traditional soundtrack with a score, that movie <laughs> would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if they had the, but if that, even the same music, but just played or. Orchestral score, a classic look. It is sound. It would have stood the test of time. All I'm saying is this: if you really want to be mocked by your children. <laughs> You get yourself arriving in a fucking TARDIS. You know,
2: my wife wouldn't even let me wear a white dinner jacket at the reception. For James Bond? First of all, first of all... Your wife is right. Thank you for the wedding march idea that you've given me, which is a chariots of fire theme. All right, okay. But the other thing is that... um, No, it's not going to be super Doctor Who themed. Lydia just said, I found this really awesome... And this was totally her idea. So I found this really awesome cake... The front of the wedding cake is a regular wedding cake. The back is basically all these Marvel heroes stacked right. on top of one another. She was like, we should do the same thing with a TARDIS. So the front of the cake will look like a traditional cake. And then the back is just the, just the front of the, the TARDIS. And who am
3: I to deny well, my you, future you wife? You well, know, You know what? You're marrying the right woman. Clearly. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. She I, also
2: I, wants to have zombie bartenders. Well, so, I, I don't think there's
3: anything wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything. There's. Uh, listen, I've been married before, <laughs> more than once, uh, and we always had zombie bars Zombie bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: very short ceremony. She, you know, we were gonna do. She wants to do really short ceremony. Like,
3: yeah. are you, you are you religious at all? Is I'm not. A, right. She's not really either.
2: And so it's. There's not gonna be a religious. No ceremony. clergyman or anything. I don't think there's gonna be any clergyman. I I know. You know, if I were up to my mom, I would have a big Catholic wedding. Your and we'll, mom
3: is worryingly attractive, by the way. Was that difficult? Growing up, I I, 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 that, I, I think that that, that, that that must have been.
2: I mean, I, I never, I never popped a what? boner to my mind no, no, I no didn't. No one I didn't, asked that. No, no, no,
3: no. You misunderstand.
0: No one asked you
3: that. <laughs> that's that's was not that? what I meant. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's bad. not what I meant. But as we're on the subject. No, I, me- I meant you know you-, you know if you're the kid with the whole mom and the other kids or you know I- you know
2: I don't I don't know I just never I never uh, I don't know you, were, you weren't aware then you weren't aware you know of- I, when I when I think about both of my parents I think they were both attractive people like my dad yeah. had this very kind of tall yeah I've Elvis, seen photographs
3: of your dad this, you know season. he kind of had
2: this Elvisy vibe very interesting character you know yeah. and so you know I don't I don't know I mean. Uh, my mom is single. If there's a fella out there, I'd be all in support of. Uh... Well, would you though? Of course I would. Would you? Yeah. I mean,
3: what what criteria would you have for a, a stepfather at this point? Can
2: I? My sincere. I could give you joke answers. My sincerest answer is just someone my mom likes. Well,
3: I think that's good because you my mom have evolved an evolved relationship with your mother. That's we're great. very
2: we're very close. We're very. I would say my mom is one of my best
3: friends. Right, okay, and, that's getting a bit too much. No, no, no no no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But
2: I mean someone that I can call and right. I don't feel, I, don't, I fear no judgment and I can talk to her about anything and I trust her opinion. Wow, that's great. Um, I didn't always because I was younger and I thought I knew everything. Well, but, that
3: would be weird if you did.
2: But, I, but I, I feel my mom to be very wise and very caring and, uh, and also I respect the hell out of her because she just doesn't, she's a very sweet little Italian lady. But she does not take shit from people, and that does not mean that she puts a finger in someone's chest and like, no, fuck you. Right. She just, if someone's being unreasonable, she just kind of laughs and walks away. Like, she just doesn't need anything from anyone, and I find that to be incredibly admirable.
3: That is good. That is- so, uh, yeah. Do you? Does your fiance get on with your mom? They Do love they, each other. Do they really.
2: They love each other, and my mom, you know, and they, they yeah. My mom was the first person that was like she's she's a really solid human being and you should really give this a shot. And I was like, I know I feel that way, but she just, she's so calm. I feel like there's a shoe that's so going to drop. I,
0: I must have been the second person then to say this. That.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, well th- that's the interesting thing. Well, I mean, you know, right now, the Love's uh, bloom is on, and it's all good. But I guess you have to think about... What's it going to be like, you know, when you have kids and you're up all night?
2: And- I mean, I do... I Listen, don't think I don't stress about that stuff, but I also, exactly like what you said, I want to live in the present.
3: Yeah, well, there is that. I mean, Very first good, of good all, Craig, they're hearse. They're going to have a night nurse. All right. She's not She's getting up not- to feed that baby. Man, hey, you hey, know, hey, listen. They're going to have- I, let, me, let me just tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you this. Right now, having gone through, you know, two young children, you know, raising them, that um, anyone that does it without help uh, is to be admired uh, greatly. Raising kids is, un- like, I'm, I'm telling you, if you looked at it, raising kids without help would really be against the Geneva Convention <laughs> because <laughs> it, the the sleep deprivation alone <laughs> is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what it does to your mind. If you can have someone that you can say... Okay, will you take someone you trust to take your baby for four or five hours while you just get some sleep? It's, I'm telling you, my words will come back, like Chris Rock's <laughs> words came back to me. Like when you're up in the middle of the night, it'll be my voice in the montage going. Get some Get some Get yourself Somebody to look After the baby And at that point I will appear Dressed as Mary Poppins (laughs) Arriving Arriving by Umbrella Oh let me Help you out there With the
2: magical Weep Greg your beard And the dress
3: Are weird No it's not That's judgmental We don't do that anymore Uh The the beard And the dress The beard And the dress Are totally acceptable And not to be In any way mocked The
2: beard In that particular dress
3: No okay They don't that's, that's what that's I meant, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, a you can book a someone from
3: choice of dress, but not wearing a that's dress. That's exactly right. Okay. The Mary Poppins dress
2: yeah. is what I'm talking All about. All right, then. So in short, uh, join or die, February 18th, History Channel. Uh, what time? Um, 11, 11 o'clock. 11 right. o'clock on the
3: History Channel. Eastern, I, Eastern, Eastern, Eastern time. time. And now, when I say Eastern, I mean far Eastern. Far, it's at eleven yeah. o'clock in Hong Kong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why is Craig Ferguson telling everyone that it's airing in Hong Kong <laughs> right, <is> it <laughs> at eleven a.m. <laughs> <a>. Eastern? <laughs> three people.
3: <laughs> Why you d- don't do that? People will think it's on in Hong Kong at eleven o'clock. But, well, maybe it should be. Craig's a comedian. What's that? <laughs> oh, it's a guy. I, it's a guy. Sometimes uh, was it David Cross said something fantastic in a in a stand up special I saw once, or some piece of stand up I saw him do where he said something, and somebody kind of heckled him, saying, that's not true. And he said, I'm a comedian, and sometimes I say things that are not true for the purposes of humour. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> I thought, I, I, by the way, have you watched uh, Better Call Saul? Oh, yes, of course oh I have. Oh, God, how great is that It's show? fucking fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, Odenkirk is like... Off the chart. We're going to do a little after show
2: for it for the you're premiere me, for really? the premiere and the finale. I
3: think I I think uh, Michael McKean and and Bob Odenkirk. And my God, stunning together, unbelievable.
2: Vince Gilligan has this incredible way of identifying people with the comic who are kind of comic in nature, right. And going, that's going you're going you have the skill set to
3: do this. Yeah, I I think that, that that's. Uh, I mean, because he did the same with Brian Cranston. That's right, Malcolm yeah. in the Middle to Breaking Bad. Well, there
2: were a lot of people on Breaking Bad who were right. comedy people. Right, that right, right. you know, the like Lavelle Crawford and Bill Burr, and you know, people like that. and that
3: and and I think the thing about that is that that's smart because any comedian that I know that I like, uh, whether professionally or personally, and probably it's usually the same thing because it's hard to, you know, it's hard to like someone if you don't like them professionally right. uh, and. Um, they all possess a darkness and a desperation. All of them. All all of them.
2: Because comedy is a defense mechanism from dealing with all the fucking bullshit that you put yourself through. Absolutely. So don't put yourself through bullshit unless you're a comedian and you feel like it serves your comedic (laughs) purposes and by all means, most importantly, I never got a boner to my hot mom. Yeah. No one asked. (laughs) But I'm just saying.
3: (laughs) Freeze frame. Enjoy your burrito. (laughs)
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
0: Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream. So he created Halo Top,